Jackson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. I know the Packers open their season tomorrow night. The NFL season getting kicked off tomorrow night. Packers, Bears, Thursday night football, even though it's it's actually kind of Sunday night football because it's on NBC. We're all excited, right? And we're going to talk about Packers, Bears, plenty during the Wisco Sports Show today. In fact, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to make some predictions even, which I typically don't like to do. We're going to make a couple of predictions. We got to talk audibles one last time. Maybe how Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are going to coexist or not coexist. We're even going to talk to Bart Winkler, uh, morning show host on 105.7 FM, The Fan in Milwaukee, and also a Packers owner. We're going to talk to him about the Packers coming up at 515. Lots of green and gold talk on the way, but first, we got to talk Brewers for a couple of minutes because this team, if you haven't been paying attention, this team's kind of fun right now. This weekend, and we talked about this yesterday, this weekend, I, I, I really... Just tried to sit down and enjoy the Brewers. Not think about the playoff race. Not think about the division. Not think about what the expectations were for 2019. But just watch baseball. Just enjoy baseball. Tried it this weekend. It worked out pretty well. Now, it certainly helped that the Brewers won two of three and, and took the series from the Cubs in Wrigley. I, I, I tried that on Monday against the Astros. And I enjoyed that game. That was a well-played game, even though the Brewers didn't win. And last night, I was able to enjoy... Another Brewers game, and they beat a really high-quality opponent. It was a well-pitched game. Both teams manufacturing some runs when they could. The Brewers last night winning 4-2 to two and, and splitting uh, the two-game interleague series with the Astros at Miller Park. Now, the Brewers are off today, and then they're going to start a four-game weekend series with the Cubs tomorrow. Let's take today to uh, kind of take a pause and, and just look back the last week or so, because the Brewers in the last week, they've won some games, right? Took two or three from the Cubs, split a split a pair against a really tough Astros team. I'm just enjoying. I'm just enjoying watching baseball. I don't think this Brewers team is trending towards the playoffs. I don't even think they're they're trending towards a, a possible wild card spot. I don't think this team's going to make the playoffs. But for what it's worth, I'm really having fun watching the Brewers right now for the first time, well, in a little while, in a month or two. Let's just say that. So I do want to talk about the Brewers a little bit. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I am lucky enough to be your host. Thanks for hanging out. We are going to have uh, a big Packers conversation coming up. If you want to join in, 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. Getting ready for tomorrow night. Last night, it was Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles, again. Getting the win for the Brewers. He's been great. I didn't like the move when it was made. I I still actually don't love the move. It's working. Jordan Lyles pitching into the seventh inning. He actually recorded an out in the seventh inning. He pitched six and a third. Only gave up two earned runs. Those were the only two runs the Brewers would surrender yesterday. Couple of strikeouts and no walks. A really, really good outing. Once again from Jordan Lyles. And it's it's been a theme, right? It's 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 been going on. This is not new. Jordan Lyles, since becoming a Brewers, four and one. His ERA is just over two and a half. And he's averaging about a strikeout per inning. He's been tremendous. And while that's fun, and while I like to see good starting pitching, don't get me wrong, I think in the big picture, 
this trade, this acquisition, and the way it's turned out so far, it is bad for the Brewers. It's bad for David Stearns. It's bad for the front office. It's bad for Craig Council. Now, don't get me wrong. I want good pitchers. I want good starting pitchers. I don't know how many times I've, I've yelled that into this microphone over the course of the season. The Brewers need good starting pitchers. The problem is when they acquired Jordan Lyles, he wasn't a good starting pitcher. He was a guy off the scrap heap. And David Stearns was, was taking a chance, hoping that he would resurrect himself in Milwaukee. Now, David Stearns proved himself right, and Jordan Lyles has been good. Like I said, an ERA uh, well under three, and he's got four wins to his name. But I think it's bad in the big picture. Because I think David Stearns looks at this trade and says, see, I know what I'm doing. You see, you don't have to pay big much big money for starting pitchers. See, you don't have to make blockbuster deals for starting pitchers. I was right. All you got to do is find the right guy. Pick a guy off a scrap heap. Get a guy off waivers. We're going we're gonna to piecemeal this thing. It's going to be patchwork. And I think David Stearns truly believes that he can build a championship contender that way. I don't think that to be true. I think a lot of Brewers fans don't believe that to be true. But as long as Jordan Lyles is pitching well, David Stearns is sitting up in his office saying, hey, I was right. And with every good start Jordan Lyles pitch, David Stearns feels more and more and more affirmed that you don't need to spend money on pitching, that you can be stingy. Sometimes you can get lucky. Sometimes, but most of the time you can't. Uh, This actually reminds me of uh, my my favorite TV show. There's a very specific episode that it made me think of. Uh, Maybe, did you ever watch Everybody Loves Raymond? Now, this is a little bit before my time. It used to be on Netflix. I would just, I would binge watch this show. And it's my favorite show. And there's an episode where Deborah, who's Raymond, Ray Barone, or Ray Romano's wife, uh, borrows a a piece of of kitchenware from her mother-in-law. And of course, the point of the show is the the in-laws live right across the street. She borrows this and loses it. And and Grandma Marie is freaking out. Mother-in-law Marie is freaking out. Where is my where's my canister? That was the whole point of the episode. And Deborah was convinced that she didn't have it. And then she found it. And Raymond's telling her, you gotta go give that back to my mom. And Deborah's saying, absolutely not. If I take that back, if I take that canister back over there, Marie will think she is right until the end of time. Every argument we have, every disagreement we have, she's gonna be, well, remember the canister? I knew you had it all along, right? It's the same situation. It's the same as that Everybody Loves Raymond episode. With every great start Jordan Lyles have, don't get me wrong, Brewers are winning, and the Brewers need good pitching. And Jordan Lyles is this outlier, I believe, that has has worked out very well. But with every great start Jordan Lyles makes, every good performance, David Stearns feels more and more affirmed that his system of finding cheap pitchers, not investing in starting pitching, really devaluing the starting pitcher as a whole, that his method works. And I don't think that David Stearns can patchwork, can piecemeal this Brewer starting pitching rotation into the World Series, which is ultimately the goal. I just don't think it's sustainable, and I don't think it's going to work. But right now, Jordan Lyles is proving David Stearns right. I think Jordan Lyles pitching well, winning a lot of games, and making David Stearns look right is a bad thing right now. Now, the Brewers winning, of course, isn't a bad thing. But in the long run, in the big picture, I I think Jordan Lyles... Pitching well is going to do more harm than good to this Brewers team, this Brewers franchise, I should say, uh, because we are looking at, at at the big picture. We got to talk Packers. Uh, th- this audible thing is not going away. We got to touch it one more time uh, before the season starts tomorrow. And I'm also going to make some predictions, which I hardly ever do, 
talk a little bit about every NFC North opponent. I'm not going to do records. I'm not going to pick games. I'm just going to give you my overarching thoughts. We're going to hold on to them. We're going to save them. I'm sure they're going to be wrong, and you can drag them. You you can roll me over it uh, as the season goes on. But I will stick my neck out a little bit and talk about how I picture the season going in the NFC North and for the Green Bay Packers. So a lot of Packers coverage today, a lot of Packers discussion getting ready for tomorrow night's game. Let's start by talking to Bart Winkler, who is a Packers owner, a UWL alum, and most importantly, uh, co-host of Chuck and Winkler on 105.7 FM, The Fan, down in Milwaukee. All that coming up next and more here on the Wisco Sports Show, presented by Play It Again Sports. Back in a moment here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show presented by Played Against Sports. You're listening to WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. Brewers, it was a fun weekend. Taking two or three from the Cubs and, and splitting the pair with the Astros. We've been talking about that. Talking about, of course, the Packers season and the NFL season getting underway tomorrow night. A lot to cover, and I thought, let's bring in Bart Winkler, uh, our friend from 105.7 FM, The Fan in Milwaukee. Bart, a UWL alum and a Packers owner. I don't know if there's anyone uh, more credentialed uh, to join the show. Bart, how's your summer been? It's been a while. Oh, it's been good. Uh, Watching the Brewers suck has been fun. Just waiting for Packers to start, to be honest. Yeah, really. I I started today by talking a little bit about Jordan Lyles, and he's been great. He's won a couple of games, and his ERA is is right around two and a half. But I think in the long run, Jordan Lyles is is bad for the Brewers because I think David Stearns watches Jordan Lyles succeed and and feels affirmed, right? Feels rewarded. Okay, my way is the right way, and, and that's being stingy. That's not prioritizing starting pitching. And I don't think that's good for the Brewers in the long run. Do you have an opinion on Jordan Lyles? Yeah, I mean, it's good what he's doing. Good for him. He's he's pitching well. He has an opportunity. He's doing well. Good job. But I'm with you. I, I think that people need to remember that this isn't like David Stern's being a genius move. This isn't David Stern's locking in on someone who had a 10 ERA in his last five starts before he got traded and saying, that guy just needs to change the scenery. Let's bring him to Milwaukee, and he can succeed. That was David Stearns, who had a completely decimated staff from injury, needing an arm of any kind, seeing that Jordan Lyles was doing terrible with the Pirates. They're probably going to DFA him anyway. So he's like, oh, we know him. He was here last year for a while. And then remember, if he's so good, they let him go for $2 bucks. If Jordan Lyles was so good in Stern's eyes, if this is what he was going to do, he would have paid him $2 million to stay. He just needed an arm, and then Jordan Lyles ended up going beyond everybody's expectations. Stern's job is tough. I think you've got 30 GMs that all read from the same book. They're all very smart guys for the most part. They're all into the analytics, and they're all trying to outmaneuver guys that are just as smart as them. So it is tough. But this move... When David Stearns retires and we look back at the good moves and the bad moves, this move shouldn't count. He made it out of desperation, and he just happened to see it pay off. So this is much more Jordan Lyles' redemption story than it is David Stearns coming in on the white horse and saving us all. Yeah, I, I, thir- I certainly think this move worked out better than than probably even David Stearns anticipated. The Brewers, well, they've been fine. They were entertaining to watch this weekend. I will give them that. Most of our focus right now 
uh, is and should be on the Packers. So they start their season tomorrow night. It got a little bit of a little bit of jitters, Bart. I, I'm excited, but most of the conversation the last couple of days has been about this this audible thing. Right, Matt LaFleur giving up control. Like the, the big quote the other day was Aaron Rodgers finally gets the green light. Uh, at your station, on your show, and what are what are your opinions on this whole audible thing? That That's really the best name for it is just this audible thing uh, that everybody's talking about. Well, because the, the audible thing under Mike McCarthy was Mike McCarthy would call a play, and then Aaron Rodgers would either completely check out of that play or or tell the other nine guys to run that play, and then he would just tell Devontae to run deep and he'd throw it to him. So the audible thing under Mike McCarthy was, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm smarter than this guy on the sideline. I'm going to run the play that I want to run. Under Matt LaFleur, I don't think he'll be given the green light to do that. I don't think he'll be given the green light to, you know, they're going to game plan for the Bears. They're going to have they're going to have execution. They're going to run certain plays. They're going to run sequences of plays. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers will be given the green light to just do what he wants to do like they're playing in a church parking lot as 12-year-olds. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to go to the line and be in a certain formation and see that, oh, we've got to run here, and it looks like we're going to run right into heavy pressure. Let's pass it instead. And I still think he'll be able to do that, and he should. I mean, this guy's seen a ton of different defenses over his career. He's smart. you got to use that to your ability. Some of these rookie quarterbacks would just not know any better, not see that in the defense, and still run the play, and it would go for a loss. But Rodgers is smart enough seeing it that he knows what to expect to a degree. I just I think that he'll be able to change plays. Will he be able to change plays like McCarthy? No. I think that the way I described it this morning was Aaron Rodgers is going to get a menu to choose off of, and he can audible off of that menu. He can't audible off to a meal from a restaurant across the street. It's still got to be within that same menu. So that, that's what I think everybody means by this. It's just basically what it means is Mike McCarthy would call a play, Rodgers blew him off, Matt LaFleur is going to call a play, and Rodgers is going to be able to change to the best use of that play. That's what I think we'll see, and we'll find out tomorrow. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the NFC North, Bart, as the rest of the show kind of rolls on. I I don't do predictions a whole lot. I don't pick games a whole lot just because I don't think my listeners really care what I think. But I am really interested. I think the the NFC North has a lot of interesting storylines, and I think all these teams have a lot of potential to be really good and and potential to be really bad. Why don't we start with the Bears, seeing that's the Packers' uh, opponent tomorrow night? What do you think the Bears... What kind of season do you think Chicago is going to have? Of course, that starts tomorrow night. So so maybe the Bears win tomorrow night, but you don't buy into them uh, winning 10 to 12 games. What do you think of Chicago? Uh, you know, all these teams in the North, it's like, I think they can all finish 6 and 10, and they can all finish 10 and 6. I don't think they're going to, I don't think anyone's going to finish better than that. And I don't think anyone's going to finish worse than that. I would, I would, I want to put a prop down that they all finish 8 and 8. Yeah, and then the division winner wins on a tiebreaker because it is that's the kind of division it is. They're going to beat up on each other. They've all got strengths and they've all got flaws. As far as Chicago, you know they won twelve games last year, so it's going to be a regression. If I only think the division winner is going to have ten, if that ends up being Chicago, I think their defense is you know the real deal. 
They got a little worse. Ha-ha Clinton Dix for Adrian Amos is not a trade that you make on purpose. And they still are led by Khalil Mack, though, which, you know, that defense up front is very good. Their quarterback is probably better than we give him credit for in Wisconsin, but he's probably worse than Bears fans have convinced how good he is. And then a lot of his skill position players are a question mark. I mean, they're banking on David Montgomery, this rookie running back. They're banking on Tariq Cohen to be a three-down back. They're banking on all that kind of stuff. So I, I think they'll be good. I think the Bears are a good team, but they're not a they're not a great team. And I think they'll they'll play right in line with that. I think Minnesota. I don't think much of Minnesota's defense. I think that that they had one decent opportunistic year and have been overrated ever since. And I don't think much of Kirk Cousins. So they could finish right around 500. And then Detroit, Detroit, one of these years Detroit has to break out. Is it going to be this year? They've given you no reason to to show that it's going to be this year. So I ultimately do think the Packers wind up on top of this thing, probably a 10-6. and But it it really is anybody's game. I just think that the best quarterback in the division will be at the top come December. Bart Winkler from uh, from the fan in Milwaukee joining us here on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line. Uh, but week one is always interesting because you don't really know what to expect, and especially this year with uh, a rookie head coach. When you sit down to watch tomorrow as a Packer fan, what are you most interested in? What are you going to focus on? Like, what, what's the one thing that you can't wait uh, to watch tomorrow night? Whether it's the defense, the offense, a certain player. I, I think that the Lafleur Rogers. Not relationship, but I want to know what kind of plays he calls. I want to know what the sequencing's like. I want to know if there is a lot of this pre-snap movement. I want to know if there's a lot of disguises and coverages. I want to know if they're able to execute the Matt LaFleur offense that I've seen on film with the Tennessee Titans and that you've seen maybe from the Rams with Sean McVay or maybe with the Falcons and Niners with the Shanahan. So that that's what I want to see. Can that offense be translated into an Aaron Rodgers-led system? I want to see that. I want to see Aaron Jones. I want to see if he can go 15, 20 carries, and I want to see how they use him out of the backfield, both in the rushing and receiving game. Defensively, I want to see if we're going to see much of Rashawn Gary. I think when you think of the number one pick this year for the Packers, a lot of people are high on this Darnell Savage. I mean, it seemed like everybody loved the Savage pick, and I don't know if they really loved that pick or they just all hated the Rashawn Gary pick. Sure. Rashawn Gary, you hear that he's a freak. You hear that he's got a lot of potential. And then in the preseason, it was kind of lackluster, just like if you watch some of the plays at Michigan where statistically he didn't get the job done, but maybe he allowed some of those other guys around him to do it. So I want to see the impact that Rashawn Gary has on defense and just overall how they're able to respond to this magnitude of a test for Matt LaFleur. Your first game as a head coach. Against your rival, okay. Then it's in prime time, all right. It's at their place, fine. It opens up the season. Whoa, the NFL's 100th season. Okay, I mean, you want to talk about pressure, all those things are leading up to it. So just so many things to watch for. I think that's why the hype for this one is, is as high as I can remember an opening season game for a long time for Green Bay. Doesn't it feel like doesn't it feel like the Packers in the last couple of years, let's talk last five years, have been in these situations where they're opening up other team stadiums or they're used as a as a team as as competition for a for a team celebrating their Super Bowl win or something. I, I just feel like and I'm not complaining about the Packers playing tomorrow night, but it feels like they've opened up a couple of stadiums and, and now they're they're 
on tomorrow night. It feels like the Packers are always in big spots, which I guess I can't complain about, but it, it feels like sometimes it's like, okay, well, maybe I, I wouldn't mind if the Packers opened up like in Jacksonville week one. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, they did, and they almost lost it. That's true. A couple, couple years ago. No, this this one's fine. They opened up Atlanta Stadium a while back. They opened up Minnesota Stadium, which was very unfair. But the Bears at least came to Lambeau last year for sort of the same thing. And then Rodgers, of course, with those heroics that we all remember. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 what's unfair, and maybe not unfair is the right word, but what's unfortunate is that you're Matt LaFleur. You're trying to get this offense ready. You're going to have to work out some kinks, we're sure of that. And, and it's, this is the first game. You're right. I mean, if there's ever a time to maybe open at home against a cupcake team yeah. or open on the road against a team that nobody cared about, like, you know, the Raiders or whoever, and like a 3 o'clock game buried on the schedule, that this would be a nice time to do it because – you know, you have a little more leeway. This is, I mean, all the attention is on you tomorrow night. Everyone is thirsty for football. We have not had meaningful football. I mean, we've had a decent college game or two. We had the AAF try to keep our attention. We've had, you know, high school All-American games. It's like we've seen the sport, but we haven't seen football yet. And, and tomorrow night we're going to finally see football, and that's also the time that Lafleur's got to, implement this offense for the first time. So it would be nicer. I'd be more confident in this game if it came in like week six or seven. But, hey, you want it, You want to be tested? This is a test, and we'll see if they respond. That's true, Bart. Bears fans are, well, they're a little bit rabid and very confident right now, so I don't envy you and uh, your position a lot closer to Chicago. We have to deal with Vikings fans, and that's a that's a whole other battle that, that we'll have to fight soon enough. But enjoy the game tomorrow night, Bart, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks for a couple of minutes. Yeah, you too, anytime. Thanks, Bart. That's Bart Winkler, uh, co-host of Chuck and Winkler on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Packers owner, UWL alum, uh, and I know that much like I am going to be, he's going to be biting his nails, uh, just nervous as all hell tomorrow as the Packers open the season with uh, just about the entire country watching, and, and you know Bears fans are going to be ready. Bear, oh my God, Bears fans have been waiting for this. If the, if the Bears blow out the Packers, it's going to be pandemonium in Chicago. Tomorrow night, I, I I just know it, and I'm partially dreading it because Matt Lafleur does have to open the season. Aaron Rodgers, this will be his first meaningful snap. It, it is going to be a pressure cooker environment, but that's what part partly makes it fun, and that's what makes the NFL fun. So let's continue to talk the Packers. Continue to talk their opener tomorrow night on Thursday night football. You know, we're not going to be able to talk about this after today, so let's talk about audibles just for for old times' sake. Let's reminisce about the Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers audible thing while we still can. The Wisco Sports Show back in a moment here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. You can always listen live on our website, WKTYsports.com and on our mobile app. And by the way... It might not be NFL football, but high school football is back, right? We're two weeks in, and WKTY has coverage just about every week. Well, we have a game, at least one game every week, sometimes two. And check the schedule at WKTYsports.com to see what what games we'll be at. And you can watch the video stream on our app, on our website, on Facebook. A lot of good ways that we make it as easy as possible to follow along with, uh, with all of our hometown teams 
uh, this time of year for, for Friday Night Lights. So check out the schedule uh, while you're checking out the website, WKTYsports.com. The NFL season opens tomorrow, which means we are going to pivot our conversations, our discussions towards actual football games, right? The defense looked good. The offensive line was bad. The running game looked interesting. Special teams needs to get better, right? It, we, we pivot completely from abstract ideas, from press conferences, right? From articles to actual football. So after tomorrow, we, we, we can't go back again, right? This is the last chance we have to talk about our favorite offseason storylines, our favorite rumors, our, 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 our favorite expose articles, right? Like the, the Ty Dunn Bleacher Report piece. This is the last day. So let's let's bask in it a little bit. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. Call or text uh, and, and give me your thoughts. Twitter's wide open as well, at Keystroker Grant and at WKTY. Yesterday, we talked about Lafleur's presser, uh, where he got a little bit angry uh, about reporters continually asking him about audibles. Uh, it's a very short sound, but it was sh- short-lived frustration, short-lived aggression. Uh, this is Matt Lafleur. Um, you guys just will not stop with this audible well, thing. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. What do, you, what do you guys want me to say? What do you want me to say? A little bit of little bit of frustration there, right? That's not passive aggressiveness. That's not sarcasm. That's just that's just straight up aggressiveness, right? And, and on yesterday's show, if if you missed it, I, I, I talked about the news story, the headline that Aaron Rodgers now has the green light. Right, That was the little chunk, that was the snippet that was pulled from Matt LaFleur's press conference, and it was being framed uh, by radio, by TV people, that Aaron Rodgers had won. Right, He had won the power struggle, Matt LaFleur had lost, and Aaron Rodgers has finally worn his head coach down and, and gained the control he wanted. That's silly, right? Now maybe Matt LaFleur, sure, has become a little bit warmed up to the idea of Aaron Rodgers having a little bit more freedom. Maybe he has changed his mind. I don't know. But the idea that Aaron Rodgers can be the winner and Matt LaFleur the loser is a little bit silly because they're on the same team. Literally. They are literally both members of the Green Bay Packers. And the idea that one is pulling against the other and one success is is predicated, is based upon the other's failure, is just nonsensical, right? doesn't make any sense. And I think LaFleur finally just kind of got worn down by it all and said, what do you, what do you want me to say? How many times have we got to talk about this? You guys just will not stop with this audible well, thing. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. What do, you, what do you guys want me to say? And, and this little bit of frustration, right? I don't want to call it lashing out, but being quite frank, being short with reporters, drew a couple eyes today, and it was being talked about on, on television and on radio. And, and I had a little bit of downtime this afternoon, and I kind of kicked around the channels, you know, ESPN, Fox Sports, NBC, I just tried to take a pulse. What are people saying? What are people thinking? It was pretty doomsday-ish. It was pretty heavy-handed. It was pretty strong. Personalities and talking heads saying words like disaster and catastrophe. Right? That this offense is going to implode. That it's going to be a nightmare. Because Matt LaFleur is going to try to do one thing. And Aaron Rodgers is going to try to do another. Audibles, right? And we just had a conversation with Bart Winkler from the fan, and I thought his analogy was perfect, right? Aaron Rodgers might have the freedom to audible, but he's picking from a certain group of plays, right? Matt LaFleur has a certain selection of plays that says, okay, if at any point you don't like how things are looking, change the call to one of these plays. These are our set group of plays. 
Bart saying, Aaron Rodgers is picking off a menu, right? He's picking off a small menu. These are the plays you get to choose from. It's not wide open. As Bart said, you don't get to order food from the restaurant across the street. You get to pick off this small, limited menu. Those are probably the types of audibles that Aaron Rodgers is going to be calling against Matt LaFleur, right? Matt LaFleur calls in a play. Aaron Rodgers doesn't like the look. He said, okay, we're, we're going to go with this play instead from the, the 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 list from the group of plays that are the designated audible bunch, right? Picking off a small menu, not ordering food or an ordering a play from across the street. I thought that was a really good analogy by Bart. People are saying this is going to be a disaster. This is going to be a catastrophe. Really doomsday stuff. Not, well, this could be potentially problematic. This could cause some, maybe some conflict, maybe some friction. And part of that is TV needs to be dramatic. TV needs to be entertaining. So does radio, right? But disaster, catastrophe, meltdown. Holy smokes. I think that might be a little bit on the dramatic side. And what makes it interesting is on one show, I'm watching personalities say this is going to be a meltdown. This is going to be a disaster. This is going to be a catastrophe. And then 20 minutes later, when they do their predictions, when they do their picks, well, I think Aaron Rodgers is is, is going to take back the NFC North. I think he's going to bounce back, have an MVP caliber year, and win. How can those two things exist in the same sphere? How, on one hand, can you say that audibling a routine action by probably 98% of the quarterbacks in the NFL, audibling is going to lead to an offensive disaster, a catastrophe, a meltdown. Oh, yeah, but I, by the way, okay, now that we're picking, yeah, I'll take the Packers to win the division. I'll take the Packers to make the Super Bowl or make the playoffs. How do those two things coexist? Now, the Packers could make the playoffs, could win the division, and, and maybe there's a learning curve. Maybe there's an adjustment. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur getting to know each other, getting to learn kind of the, the innuendos of communication and, and relaying play calls. Th- those can coexist. There can be healthy friction and winning. But on one hand, to say that this is a disaster, a catastrophe, and then turn around and say the Packers are going to make the playoffs, or in a lot of cases, make the Super Bowl? Those... those those two things don't go together. Those two things don't mix, right? And, and I think part of that that that, that lunacy has to do that the, the football is starting tomorrow and we're still talking about off-season storylines, right? Because during the summer, during the off-season, personalities have to talk about abstract things, have to talk about a news story, a headline, a press conference, right? And then as soon as the game starts, it's much more factual, and we're 24 hours away from factual X's and O's gameplay, but but we're still kind of in off-season mode. So people are being dramatic. People are overreacting to articles. And I think what's when tomorrow comes around and we actually have a game, I think everybody will calm down a little bit because we'll know for sure. We'll see it with our own eyes. Packers winning, Packers losing. It's not going to be talked about in such a dramatic fashion. 608-796-2558. Uh, you can give your thoughts on the five-star telecom talk and text line. Let's go there now. We're talking Packers. We're talking Audibles. What do you think? Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. You know, Grant, you were t- this is Bill, by the way. You were talking uh, about how you flipped around and all the uh, all the uh, so-called experts are predicting doom and gloom for the yeah. Packers for this year. I go back to uh, uh, the movie Ocean's 12 at the end where Ruben says to, to, to Terry, uh, I pay people to predict the future, and they get it wrong all the time. So you don't. I pay no attention to these people predict doom and that. That first day with a new tongue, predict gloom <laughs> and doom for the Packers. So 
I just, I, I, I can't wait to see what's going on. I'm, I'm sick of the audible stuff. Just let it go. Yeah. Uh, you know, let them play football. You know, uh, just get off the topic and let's see how they do finally. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, Bill, and, and I agree. And I think we are going to get off of it tomorrow. We are going to talk football tomorrow because we'll actually have an actual game to talk about tomorrow. So I think part of the drama and part of the, the hot takes, right, by, by the talking heads and by the, as you, as you call them, so-called experts, they're in off-season mode. And, and tomorrow, off-season mode changes to actual football mode because we can see on the field. Aaron Rodgers taking a lot of time at the line of scrimmage. He's changing plays. Or the offense is moving very quickly. It becomes factual. It, be, it becomes evidence to see. And, and not something to, to create a hot take on, go on a rant on, or, or predict doom and gloom, like you said. My confusion lies is, is how some of these analysts say that the audibles are going to mean doom and gloom for the Packers, but also the Packers are going to win the division. Like th- Those two things don't coexist. So if you're down on the Packers, be down on the Packers. If you think they're going to win the division or make the Super Bowls, I've seen predicted by some, then then predict the Packers to be good. You, you can't have it both ways. You can't ride the fence. It just doesn't make sense. The Packers can't be a catastrophe and, and also go to the Super Bowl. Those two things really don't go together. Part of making the playoffs for the Green Bay Packers is going to be competing in their division and, and possibly winning their division. Let's talk about the NFC North. I'm actually going to stick my neck out and, and, and give you a couple of predictions. I'm not going to pick games. I'm not even really going to predict records. I'm just going to tell you what I think is going to happen, what each of the NFC North teams are going to do this year, and and we can kind of follow along as the season goes on because I'm sure they'll be wrong and you can drag me about it uh, uh, for weeks. In fact, I prefer you to. We'll talk predictions. We'll talk the rest of the Packers division coming up next as we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show presented by Played Against Sports right here on WKTY. We take this disgrace Another Bears fan Throwing insults in our face The Packers are the greatest team To ever play the game Even if from time to time They've been a little lame How could you ever love a Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show Here on WKTY My name is Grant Bills This is our last chance To talk before the Packers Open up the NFL season tomorrow night Obviously playing the Bears, right? The Bears still suck so I thought it would be appropriate. I, I don't know if I'm super confident in the Packers winning or losing. I, I think I'm just going to take a wait-and-see approach. It is week one, brand-new head coach. If there ever was a night to, to, to not have an idea, to have a prediction, and to just wait and see, I think tomorrow would be the perfect night. But that doesn't mean we can't you know, have a little bit of fun at, at the Chicago Bears fans' expense. Uh, we're going to learn, I think, a lot tomorrow night about both of these teams. And, and the division as a whole, the NFC North, I think, is without a bad team, right? I think the NF- NFC, top to bottom, is, is actually quite talented. I don't think there's a bad team in the NFC North. I'm waiting to see who the elite team is going to be, right? Because remember, if the Packers want to make the playoffs, their best shot is through the division, because the NFC is so good and there are great quarterbacks all throughout the NFC, the best shot is probably through the division because then you don't have to compete uh, against the other teams uh, all over the NFC. You just have to compete uh, against the three that are on your schedule twice a year. So I I thought, let's look around the division a little bit. I'm going to give my take. 
I'm not going to do a win-loss prediction. I'm not going to go through the schedule and pick games. I'm not I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you my overarching thoughts on the team. Uh, I'm going to post them on Twitter, uh, and I'm going to pin it at the top of my account, at Grant, and I'm going to leave it there all season long, whether they are, are good or whether they suck. Uh, so please uh, <laughs> interact accordingly. If they're bad, uh, go ahead and roll me because I will deserve it. Let's start with the Lions. I, I, you know what? Let's start with the Vikings. Let's start. Let's start at the bottom. Work our way up. I actually think the Vikings are going to come in last in the division this year. I think they're going to. I think they're going to come in last. The Vikings, up until this point, ha- have been a team on the rise. At least in the last five or six years, have been a team on the rise, an ascending team that's getting better and better and better. And every single season. Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer and the front office of the Vikings have been able to say, okay, we need to get this. We need to draft this. We need to find this in free agency, right? Whether it's been offensive line help, quarterback, whatever. This season, what was it? Was there a soft spot in this Vikings roster? You might not love Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is their guy. Their offensive line might not be amazing, but teams aren't perfect. You're going to have your weaker position groups. I, I think the, the Vikings have added some really good offensive linemen in the last two years. And as long as they stay healthy, I think they'll be fine. So where's the where's the spot on the Vikings team that, that supposedly is going to be their weak spot? I, I don't think they have one. Meaning, they don't have an excuse. They don't have a, a position that needs to be tweaked or an improvement to be made, which means they also have no excuse. And I think this year has a little bit of do or die for it. For the Minnesota Vikings. Mike Zimmer needs to win. He needs to win this year. And and, and as we talked about last week. I don't think this Vikings season is going to go great. And I think there's going to be a little tension. We saw it last year. I mean between the receivers and Kirk Cousins. I think there's always tension between Mike Zimmer. And every single one of his underlings. Because he's always giving the impression that nothing is his fault. Firing his kickers. Firing his offensive coordinators. And constantly deflecting blame onto others. Publicly. And I don't think that goes over well. I think the Vikings go 8-8, eight 9-7. And eight, and which isn't terrible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Vikings are going to go 4-12. and 12, But I think at 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, I think that puts them at the bottom of the NFC North. Somewhere in that ballpark. Moving our way up, I, I think the Lions are better than everyone is saying. I, I'm not willing to just cast off the Lions as nothing this year. I thought they showed flashes last year. And keep in mind, when was the last time the Packers beat the Lions? Right, the, the Lions have kind of beaten up on the Packers now, injuries and, and dysfunction. Don't get me wrong, but the Lions have kind of had the Packers' number. So, so we love to hate on the Lions, make jokes about the Lions, but they've been the better team the last two years. I actually really like Matt Patricia because I think defensively he's got really good personnel. He poached Trey Flowers from New England. He's got Damon Harrison, right? Snacks Harrison. Those are two really good pass rushers, and you have your corner in Darius Slay. You have your pass rush, and you have your one cover corner to match up against the opponent's best receiver. I think it's a great defensive nucleus. And you have Matt Stafford, who I like more than Mitch Trubisky at this point. I like more than Kirk Cousins. I actually like the Lions a lot. The Bears, I I, I think they actually have a very similar year this year as they did last year. But I think the Packers and the Lions both get better, which means the Bears probably win-loss-wise get a little bit worse. They, they lose a couple of more games. I don't think they get worse as a team. I think they actually stay about the same. I really like Montgomery. I really like that draft pick. And, and keep in mind, Jared Goff, I think, is a good example. Carson Wentz might be a good example. Jared Goff was terrible his first year, got pretty good his second year, and then was tremendous last year and made the Super Bowl. If you follow that three-year timeline, 
Trubisky should pop this year if he's going to pop at all. I don't think the Bears get better. I don't think they get worse, but their win-loss column shifts back a little bit just because I think the Packers and the Lions get better, which leaves the Packers. I think they're in the same boat as the Bears, same boat as the Lions. I think the NFC North is going to shake out a lot like the NL Central is currently. You don't have one elite team, right? You don't have the Dodgers 20 games over 500. I think the Lions, the Bears, and the Packers are going to be neck and neck fighting at 10 and 6, 11 and 5. I think 10 and 6 might win this division this year. Certainly, I think 11 and 5 does. I think the Packers, the Bears, and the Lions are going to be fighting for the division lead at just a, a portion of games over 500, right? 10 and 6, 11 and 5, much like we're seeing with the Brewers, the Cardinals, and the Cubs. And then the Vikings are the NFC North's version of the Cincinnati Reds who are lagging behind. I think the Vikings are going to go 9 and 7, 8 and 8 this year. And it's not because I don't like their talent. I, I just, I, I don't think it's happening for the Vikings. They, they, I don't think they have a weakness left on that roster. I don't think they have something they can point to and say, okay, for next year, we need to improve this. I, this is it. Mike Zimmer's got to win, and I don't think he can win by firing his offensive coordinator again or, or cutting another kicker. It, it falls on him, and, and I think the Vikings regress this year. So the Lions, the Vikings, and the Bears, I think it's going to come down to week 16, week 17. At 10-6, 11-5, one of those teams wins the division, and then I think the Vikings are, are behind the pack at 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, I don't think there's a bad team in this division. I think the, the Vikings are, are decent. But I think the other three teams are going to be better, and none of them are going to be elite. I don't think we're going to see a 12-4 and four team. I, I 11-5 is a little bit more realistic. 11-5 is a little bit more realistic, but I don't think we're going to see 12-4, 13-3. The Bears are going to stay the same. The Lions and the Packers are going to get better, so that, by comparison, is going to make the Bears come down a little bit because their road gets more difficult. And I think the Bears, the Lions, and the Packers are going to be fighting it out 10 and 6, 11 and 5, Vikings behind the pack. That's how I think this division is going to go this year. I have no clue who's going to win which game and and, 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 and win loss, all that. But I think you're going to have three teams fighting for it, much like we are in the NL Central, and the Vikings behind, like the Reds are. I think it's a good comparison. Tomorrow night, I'm excited. Pre-game starts at 5 o'clock here on WKTY. Real football, finally which means the Wisco Sports Show, sadly, will not be back until Friday. But I can't wait. Friday, we're going to break it all down. We're going to talk Packers, Bears, and we're going to be in full football mode. Same time, same place on Friday. Enjoy the Packer game. I can't wait to talk to you then.